Okay, welcome back everybody. It's another episode of Outside the Huddle. It's episode 59 and this one is all about Aaron Rodgers. Um, alongside Paul for this one, in terms of Outside the Huddle presence. Paul, how are you doing? I'm good, thanks. How are you? I'm alright, thanks mate. Are you getting used to this whole just me and you from Outside the Huddle situation? <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, I'm sure it won't. It won't last. It won't oh, last. Okay. Um, there isn't a great deal going on, I suppose, in in all things NFL. Everything's gone a bit sort of calm after the draft. Um, but we can always rely on uh, Aaron Rodgers to provide a little bit of drama in the offseason. What he's there for? That's why he's um, here. <laughs> we did touch on it last week uh, about you know, what we thought might happen. But this was a chance to dig a bit deeper into it with someone who can provide a lot more knowledge on the matter than we can. Um, so it's a real pleasure to be joined by Steve from UK Packers. How are we doing? Good, lads. How are we getting on? Yeah, no, I think Very good. Um, hold on. Let's address this, though, right? What's, what are you saying about it's only the two years here in this? They just break up? I mean, they just kick someone out? What happened? Uh, I want all the juicy gossip here. <laughs> the gossip is there is a third member, but... Um... You don't his, like his sort of commitment to the cause is in question right now. It's that two happens. out of the last three weeks that he's been busy. So, What's um, he doing? Has he given a proper excuse? What is it this week, Andy? Last time it was a car. He does have a, he does have a great deal going on in his home. His, his home resembles a building site at the minute. Um, mm. getting, getting walls knocked down and put back up and all sorts of crazy. If what you're asking is, is it a good enough excuse? The answer is no. Um, <laughs> but... His house is a building site, but that's you need more commitment, is what you're saying. Yeah. Does it, what I'm saying is, does his parents not have a house, or is there not a local <laughs> park nearby that he could go to? But we he's a great friends, but I'd say, yeah, we move on. I'd say he, he's <laughs> yeah. never coming on now, so yeah, yeah. anyway, go on. Maybe he is a books fan, maybe he's just kind of outgrown it all. Yeah, yeah, bigger and better things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, they've got their heads have been very inflated the last year, um, and they've got very brave, so yeah, there is that. <laughs> All right. Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll we'll kind of go through the whole Rogers thing for. Um, we'll take it back to start with to the 2020 draft. Um, mm. We were just discussing before we started recording. Everybody kind of had their say about what happened in that draft, um, and it would kind of help us maybe frame the the wider discussion. So they move up and they take Jordan Love. Mm-hmm. So I suppose to start with, in your honest opinion, was he drafted as a genuine heir to the throne or was it some sort of message that they were trying to send? Yeah, you see, lads, you are falling into, is this Hello I mean, Magazine? I mean, you know, this is what happens. I mean. This is what happens when you look from the outside in. I understand it because that's what the media are telling us, right? Uh, to me, as a as a guy who's like, I've, you know, we founded this group, was it seven, eight years ago now? you know nearly every week in depth doing two podcasts a week so we deep dive and again it's very team specific it's not like you lads where he's can sort of you know wax and wane between different teams and have all of that like we're literally very granular so the thing is look we changed gm we did have a guy called ted thompson uh some people thought he stayed around longer than he should have uh all that kind of jazz right he goes out the door uh respectfully and becomes kind of a scout um you know the chief scout let's say and we have a guy come in called brian gudekunst right so he comes in uh you know mccarthy's there the relationship between aaron Rodgers and mccarthy was kind of a bit fractious um and then from the off people have been saying to gudekunst your legacy is gonna sit on whether you can bring in the next quarterback talent so everyone knows the same old drummed out thing 
we've gone from Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers. And, and people keep thinking, because you have Hall of Fame quarterback play, you should be winning the Super Bowl every year. Um, and again, you know, not unless your name is Tom Brady and Bill Belichick, does that actually happen? It's an extremely difficult thing to do. Um, but what I would say is the Packers made the playoffs consecutively for forever. Um, bar the season where McCarthy was in the hot seat, got turfed out halfway through the season. And that isn't likely uh, to happen in Green Bay. But it is important. And I talk a lot because Myers, but I will come back to that, right? Because I think this is this is more nuanced than what the media are trying to tell you it is, right? So with that being said, uh, we said in our, we released a draft guide. It's over 300 pages on every single player, but it's very Packers-centric, right? And we highlighted it in our draft guide of that year that Jordan Love could be an intriguing prospect for the Packers and they could take him. We weren't thinking oh, they want to give Aaron Rodgers a kick in the arse. Or we weren't thinking, oh, it'll send a message and he'll get jazzed up and play better or all this type of stuff. Let me hit you with the facts, right? Because <laughs> um, this all, it's not one thing it all comes together. Simply put, the Packers draft last year was a bit of a reach. If you look at uh, Josiah DeGuara, the tight end, bit of a reach at his position. They probably could have got him later. They obviously saw value in him. Um, you look at AJ Dillon, uh, a bruising back, a big giant ties, ties the size of you and I. Um, so again, he's a big dude, but again, bit of a reach. They could have got him probably later. And the same with Jordan Love. Basically what happened was, is that there was a bit of a run on receivers. We were going for Justin Jefferson. So if I hear anybody say, you don't take a first round wrong wide receiver. I'm going to give you a kick in the neck, right? Because <laughs> first off, I have did a whole podcast dedicated to stats behind do first round wide receivers work out? And the answer is a deafening no, they don't, right? You look at the success that the Packers have had in prior years with second, third, fourth, fifth undrafted free agent guys. It's phenomenal, right? And you have Aaron Rodgers. And let me just address this point here if I can. Because again, as I'll say, I will rattle on, but I think it's all very nuanced. People keep saying that, oh, Aaron Rodgers, they're wasting his career, right? The thing is, is the Green Bay don't owe Aaron Rodgers anything because they know the way he plays. Unfortunately for him, he's that team worker that we all have in the office or wherever who's really, really good. So they give him more responsibility. Uh, they know Aaron Rodgers is a Hall of Fame, future Hall of Fame player. So they expect him to do the superhuman. He's not carrying the team. He's getting paid to do it, right? So I'll just put that there. So basically what happened was, they were going after Justin Jefferson. Brian Gutekun said that. I don't speculate on anything. I don't come out and pull stuff out of thin air. He said he was going after Jefferson. He went off the board to none other than the Vikings, right? So I hear an awful lot of this guff as well about, oh, well, you know, why didn't they trade up and get him? Because they would have had to trade a lot. Like there's an actual, uh, there's a chart of what you have to give away to how far you move up. The higher you move up in the draft, the more you have to hedge and mortgage your franchise. May I remind you at this point too, the Packers don't have a rich owner. So there is that too, right? So basically what happened was, as it, it, people keep getting confused, they traded up to get Jordan Love and they see that as the major crux. And they say, oh, you know, it, he didn't fall to them, did he? They traded up to get him. So that was a real shot across the bow to Aaron Rodgers, right? Which is complete nonsense. Jordan Love was rated by the Packers as their top player on the board, right? I'm not saying I agree with the pick. I'm not saying Jordan Love is going to be a future Hall of Famer. I'm not saying that they should turf Aaron Rodgers out on his arse and bring Jordan Love in. He's going to be the next coming of Montana, right? That's not what I'm saying. But what I will say is, is I understand from a GM perspective why they did it. Jordan Love failed. They thought we are going to have to move up because otherwise he will definitely be gone again. He gets to us and he's unbelievable value at that point. So they traded up to get him. They didn't give a whole lot away. Fourth round pick, moved mm -hmm. up and got him. Happy days. Here's the deal, right? Here's what I'll ask is this is one of your questions, right? You know, what, what was that sending a message to Aaron Rodgers? And the narrative around that the media tried to make you believe is, is they should have called him, right? 
there any of you guys think they should have let him know before they drafted Jordan Love? I mean, personally, no. I'm sort of against QBs having as much power as they do in general, um, mm. or how much they believe they should have power. You know, yeah, I look, yeah. this even just this draft season, you're talking about Kyler Murray is saying he he's having an input in who they're drafting in the first round. Joe yeah. Burrow has clearly had an influence on the Bengals' first round pick. I, for me, it 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 shouldn't be the way it's done anyway. No, and let me hit you with a different angle, Paul, because that angle there is is how much power do you give the quarterback? Let me give you another situation about how it actually works. They're in the draft room, right, and they're wheeling and dealing the whole time. If you look at any of the drafts that Brian Gutekunst has done with the Packers, he's moved up, he's moved down, he's moved sideways, mm-hmm. so he's very busy, and that involves being on the phones and pulling the trigger. Because as he said, and as is the mantra for most GMs, but certainly in Green Bay, the GM makes all the decisions. So the head scout and the scouts can say, "I really like this guy. You need to." pick him oh my god you know you can have the defensive coordinator in there going here listen you wouldn't pick your man over there for the linebacker core i think it'd be great that's all well and good but they all have uh, a dog in the race whereas the gm has to think about the future of the organization mm-hmm. here's how it goes down jordan love falls unexpectedly no one expected do you think the gm has time to call <laughs> aaron Rodgers and say oh by the way mate we're going to draft a quarterback let's get into the nuances of what that means for your career and psyche he probably would have had the bones of five ten minutes and realize that this is what he has to do. He has to move up and get it. So that's the actual practicality. Now, the media will say, oh, well, it should have. T-. So let me give you a scenario, right? Um, Andy, you're going to go out and cheat on your wife tonight, right? <laughs> um, that's how it's going down. So you're going to go in and you have 10 minutes to tell her that that's what you're going to do because you're going to do it regardless because that's just the type of dude you've decided to be, right? <laughs> so tell me this. You go into your wife and say to her, Mandy, um, I'm going to do the filthy on you tonight. I'm definitely still going to do it. You don't have an input into what I'm going to do, but I'm just letting you know I'm going to do it, right? You say, right, Mandy, you look at your watch, you, you look at your boys and you say, right, lads, I'll be with you in 10 minutes. Mandy, you've got 10 minutes to shoot questions at me before I go and do it because it's going to happen anyway. So what happens? Brian Gutekunst calls Aaron Rodgers and says, by the way, in 10 minutes time, this is what I'm going to do. Go. And do you think that will appease Aaron Rodgers? And then he'd be like, oh, no, it's fine. It's fine. I had 10 minutes notice. It's fine. That's not how the real world works. And as well as that, when you draft anybody at any position, you never tell the person that's in the starting position. And and I understand the quarterback is different. If you don't have a quarterback, you don't have a franchise. And Aaron Rodgers is a future Hall of Famer. I completely understand that. And I get that we have to respect him. But I'm just approaching the narrative that the media are giving you. And I'm not saying fake news and Donald Trump Republican, right? I'm saying literally this is this gossip girl drama style lark. That they're giving you. I mean the show. I'm not the gender. So like the thing is. Is that he wouldn't have had time to tell Aaron Rodgers. Anyway. Now. Why is Aaron Rodgers peed off about it? Does he hate Jordan Love? Does he think the Packers are a bunch of scumbags? You know. No. What it has done for Aaron Rodgers. Is is it's caused a chain reaction. Unfortunately. An understandable one of a couple of things. First off. Aaron Rodgers is one year. Into a four year contract. That nobody made him sign. He signed it himself. Right. Now, you're Aaron Rodgers. You, at that time, are the highest paid quarterback in the league. Uh, you have everybody telling you since he wakes up in the morning and he has someone stand there and go, Aaron, you're amazing. Right. And that's what he has. And his agents have agents. I've had like Packer players on the podcast, but anytime I try to get Aaron on, his agents contact his agent's agents. So it's like I've contacted his team and he will let you know. So he's the only player that I've dealt with who has to go through multiple layers to even get to him, right? That's how cushioned these players are. When he used to come into the Radisson Hotel with the rest of the players, because we go over every year and we'd stand in the lobby waiting for the players to come in. Mm-hmm. 
himself and Clay Matthews back in the day and some of these other players, they would be snuck in the back by the pool and they'd walk around the pool and come in. So they wouldn't even come past the punters, right? They'd have their own security hired by themselves. That'll give you a, a sort of an indication of how superstar these players are. Now, I'm not saying there's nothing wrong with that. I'm just saying these are different echelon players. Yes. So Aaron Rodgers signed a massive deal. In that deal means the Packers can effectively walk away next year, right? Not in your right mind if you're Aaron Rodgers. When you wake up in the morning, people go, Aaron, you're just amazing. Are you going to think they're going to, that's in any way going to be in play? Now you're sitting having tequila. You're live streaming on a show, I think, with Pat McAfee. And all of a sudden, they draft a quarterback in the first round, which does blindside you, right? Now, they're not annoyed at the Packers because they know the way the business works. Aaron Rodgers was in almost identical situation where he fell to the Packers when Brett Favre still had plenty of juice left in the tank. So now Aaron Rodgers, he's not peed off because they didn't tell him, I don't think. Um, he is blindsided by it, of course. He probably wanted it to be warned, but now we know that what is the GM going to do? Give him 10 minutes notice and, and answer all of his uh, existential questions? No. But what he's doing is, is now he's freaking out, right? Because he's seeing, Jesus, these can walk away from me in two years' time. Now, let's examine one more thing. Aaron Rodgers' level of play was declining before that pick. That's facts, right? Um, the franchise were out of the playoffs. There was turbulence with the head coach. Uh, you know, Mercedes Lewis, the tight end, went on a show after he thought he wasn't going to be back in Green Bay and told everybody publicly that Aaron Rodgers was rolling his eyes at the coach. That wasn't deliberately wasn't paying attention to him. So you have an employee right now. I know he's a quarterback, but he's being deliberately subordinate to players, not listening to his head coach. Then Aaron Rodgers, and this is coming from Rob Domofsky, who we had on the podcast, a reporter for ESPN. By any, you can dive in at any time, lads, and stop me talking if you think that. No, no, I'm, I'm intrigued. I'm, I'm... So Rob Domofsky came on and said that Mike McCarthy's death knell was when Aaron Rodgers openly criticized him after the Buffalo Bills game, uh, back when McCarthy got fired, right? And he was walking around with his head in his hands. Uh, Rodgers knew what he was doing, and he effectively hung the coach in the media, massacred him in the media. And unlike Green Bay never do this, because if you look at the amount of coaches that Green Bay have had, it's not a lot. You can count them, you know, on barely one hand since Vince Lombardi, the great man himself with the trophies named after. They sacked him mid-season. And that's something that I said, the Packers do not do that. That's not how they operate, but they goddamn did it, right? And that's because their quarterback went and hung him in the media. As, like, whether you like it or not. Now, it's unfortunate that McCarthy went on to the Cowboys and sucked, because now people are like, oh, well, justified, Right. That's debatable whether you go out and do that to your head coach. I was surprised that they brought Mercedes Lewis back after he exposed the fact that Aaron Rodgers would be rolling his eyes and changing the plays. Now, if you look at the playbook and what happened in Green Bay, how much of that is McCarthy's fault? How much of that is Aaron Rodgers changing the play? He had the most throwaways into the crowd. You had more of a chance of catching the ball if you were sitting in the audience than you were being a package receiver in that year because he was pegging the ball away. Was he doing it because he was frustrated at the play call? Maybe. Was he doing it because he was like, coach, I don't believe in you? Maybe. You know, who knows? But if you look at the stats, his stats were declining. Now, sit yourself in the Packers GM seat. What do you have? You have an unbelievable quarterback who there's been ructions before about his personality. Why did he fall down the draft in, in the first place to Alex Smith? It was because they said his personality was in question, right? So I'm not making stuff up. That's just what people said about him, right? So now, fast forward, he's played fantastic. He's brought the Packers to the Super Bowl. We all love him. I love him personally, but I'm just speaking objectively here. So you have a quarterback who ignores your coach, rolls his eyes and undermines him on the field. Uh, when uh, Matt LaFleur was going to take the job, what was the narrative the media were spinning then? Oh, will he listen to him? 
if he's too young, will he respect him? What are the quotes that have come out from players that have played with him? If Aaron doesn't respect you, he won't listen to you and he'll, you know, he won't and all that. So that's the thing. Is that the worst thing about Matt LaFleur? So Matt LaFleur comes with one year's play calling experience from Jacksonville. And as I said, it's no smoke without fire, right? So now the GM is looking at a player who hangs out the coach to dry in the media, throws the ball away, who's potentially, even Aaron Rodgers said, this is his words, he's on the back nine of his career. Mm-hmm. And also what I'd say is we don't know what Aaron Rodgers was saying in the background. We didn't know until it all broke with Brett Favre. The Brett Favre kept saying he was going to retire and the front office got sick of it. And what they did was they replaced him because they couldn't have this drama of Brett Favre. It was a prima donna. He needed to be told all the time. Brett, you're amazing and needed to be kept all the time. And he kept saying, oh, I think I'll retire. If anyone's read Of Mice and Men, Lenny, the character, keeps going, I'll go up into them, their hills, and your man has to keep talking him down all the time. Yeah. That's, the, that's the psychology there. He needs to be massaged, right? And that's not that these guys have big egos. You wouldn't want a quarterback who doesn't. So now you're looking at your quarterback, and Gudekunst sees Love fall down the board, and he says to himself, maybe. And then he pulls the trigger and gets it. Aaron Rodgers goes on and... and has an MVP season and shows that he can still do it. That is a mixture of LaFleur's fantastic play calling, Aaron buying into the scheme and a whole new psychology that he's talking about on the Pat McAfee show. But in the back of his head all the time, he's thinking, I still don't know how long I have in Green Bay because it seems like even if I go and bring them an MVP, um, and this is only conjecture of what people are saying, is that the Packers allegedly didn't sort of commit to him behind the scenes. They're sort of still, because for instance, and I don't believe it for an instance, but what they're saying is, is they had a chance to restructure his contract to get more money on the cap. They didn't do it. So everyone's saying, oh, well, it's a clear sign. They're telling them, because to give you a bit of background, they could give him more money up front, but that means that they're tied to him at a cost of more money in the short term kind of thing. And when it restructures that contract, they just move figures around. So they didn't do it. They basically did everything else apart from that. Um, so people are saying, and this is all rumor, that behind the scenes, Aaron Ron's commitment. So I think what it comes down to, lads, is, and I will stop talking because I did smooch the Blarney Stone before I come on here, <laughs> is that what it comes down to is it's a GM who's still kind of unsure. He's looking at Jordan Love and thinking, maybe. And he's looking at Aaron Rodgers' cap hit who's going to take up about 40% of the team uh, past this year. And he's looking at Jordan Love, who's going to be on a rookie contract. And he's thinking, if we can make the move, it frees up so much space that we can put weapons around Jordan Love. Now, you will say, why didn't they do it around Aaron Rodgers? Which to I would say, they were the top scoring offense last year. What does Aaron Rodgers need? What okay. else does he need? What's, is he going to have another receiver so he can be the... The number one, number one top sc- I don't understand how you improve on number one. I really don't. And you might say, well, Aaron Rodgers makes players better. Well, then that works for... So he's got the best left tackle in the game. Unbelievable guard in Elton Jenkins. They brought back Aaron Jones. They brought back Mercedes Lewis, who's his blocking tight end. They have Alan Lazard, who looked like a legit number two before he got injured. Um, they have Devontae Adams, who's the best receiver in the league. You know, if you look at Aaron Jones, for instance, the running back, he went and matched uh, Christian McCaffrey uh, and his stats when he was doing his stuff and he was the MVP, oh, he has to be the MVP this year. Aaron Jones is doing the same. He just doesn't get the fanfare because, you know, for some reason, it's just not as sexy, right? So you look at all the players he does have and you tell me what else Aaron Rodgers needs. Now, if you look at the Bucks game, right? And it's a pity your friend is like, you know, building his kitchen wall at the minute (laughs) uh, because he'd chime in here. We were six points away from the Super Bowl this year. And it wasn't because, well, you could argue this. It wasn't because of offense, because of defense, right? If you look at those cataclysmic errors that happened at the end of the first. Yeah. 
half you'd sort of go Jesus that's where they lost it Mm -hmm. so can you blame and if you look at the year before that we're getting to the playoffs on the back of Aaron Rodgers you look at how our defense is doing we're in the dumps the whole time especially against the run and people are blaming the Packers somehow for addressing defense in the draft it's laughable you know and they keep hanging on about oh Aaron Rodgers hasn't got a first round wide receiver neither had Tom Brady and look what he brought home so you know it's when you put all of this stuff into perspective all of this gossipy stuff tends to fall away very quickly and you see what's in play this is a standoff by a GM who doesn't want to commit more money and mortgage the franchise for Aaron Rodgers He's happy for him to play. And here's what I think. If Aaron Rodgers plays at an MVP level next year, they keep him. And they they say they put their hands up. Jordan Love wasn't a mistake at that point. Everyone will try and make you believe that. Because whether you like it or not, drafting Jordan Love must have, along with the LaFleur offense and along with the extra pieces on defense like the Smith brothers, who aren't brothers, and uh, Adrian Amos and uh, Savage coming into his own and Jair Alexander being the best cornerback in the league. All of that coming together has created a dynasty-style team if the Packers just get over the hump of the NFC Championship game. And I think if Aaron Rodgers was to play as the MVP, they say bye-bye to Jordan Love and they they mortgage their back at Aaron Rodgers. The worst time to look for a quarterback is when you need one. And mm-hmm. the Packers didn't do that. Exactly. And that might come back to bite them on the ass. But yeah. look, there it is. Uh, that's my piece. So hopefully that's clarified some stuff. If there's any questions, I'll gladly uh, back back any of the media narrative at you. Oh, no, that was great. I actually was just sat there listening the whole time, learning, because I only do really, I only know one Packers fan, and he's already been on the pod, but apart from that, I only get the, I only get the media. That's all I get. Um, yeah. So it is hard to sort of distance yourself from what they're telling you. Um, you. Obviously, you have to have your own sort of opinions on it. But the two things I just took from that, I completely agree that you can't, the whole not drafting wide receiver thing, I, I, I think we agreed with it on the pod when we spoke about it. It's like, that offense is great. Um <laughs> The defense is the, the, an issue, and you seem to be the only team in the league that would get questioned for that in that position, yeah. um, which comes from having Aaron Rodgers as your quarterback. And I don't think that drama is ever going to go away whilst you have him. Mm-hmm. Um, my other question that I was I was going to ask beforehand is, throughout last season, what was the talk about Jordan Love um, in general? Is he progressing? Is he yeah. showing good signs? I, don't, I haven't heard anything, really. Well, there's there's another trope, right? So, look, what's happening? The COVID thing is happening. So, you can't get a good look at these guys. He didn't have minicamp. They couldn't bring him yeah. in for rookie minicamp. They don't know what they have there. And that's why, like... Brian Gutekunst, the GM, is so good at getting on the mic and saying absolutely nothing. I mean, you know, if you wanted, if you had an exercise in someone who could talk for 40 minutes while also not saying anything for 40 minutes, he's absolutely perfect and he's getting better. So I don't know why they drum him out, but an awful lot of his stuff. And again, is that his job? That is 100% his job. I don't want the GM up there spouting stuff like, I mean, look at the Lions head coach. Anyway, so let's move on. <laughs> so if you look at Gutekunst, they asked him that same question. And they said, because we didn't have preseason last year, and that's where you roll your rookies out and see what they have. Here's the number one thing that will really irk me, right? Tim Boyle is a guy who's gone to the Lions now. He sat behind Rodgers for many years. He's a good locker room guy, but like a perpetual backup, really. He's good enough to be a starter, in my opinion. I really like him. He knew the offense inside and out, right? And he's been in the offense for years. He was in the McCarthy offense and he kind of knows the ins and outs of the thing. And LaFleur came in and, and Boyle does really well. He's always There's always these silly videos of like quarterbacks banging balls into nets. 
And I got Bruce Lee said, like, it's like hitting, uh, you know, one of those boards that break. The thing yeah. is, like, boards don't hit back. And it's the same with, you know, when you're getting rushed by D-Lineman and all that kind of stuff, bang the ball into the net then. So there was a couple of videos that came out that showed Jordan Love missing the target. And people were like, oh, look at this. We didn't see preseason, so the press didn't see him. And if the press don't see him, well, then the assumption is, well, he's crapped in, isn't he? Because, you know, we haven't seen him. And we haven't heard anything from him. What are the Packers going to do? Are they going to come out? And the thing is, is most practices were hidden away from the fans and everything because of the restrictions. So no one's seen him. But on top of that, the you know, Gudekunst and LaFleur and all these boys, they haven't seen him properly either. They've seen no. him. Obviously, way more than we have because he has been practicing and he has been in the quarterback room and they see his smarts. But all of the draft scouts said that he had a higher ceiling uh, than Herbert and all of these lads coming out. But for some reason, because he sits behind Aaron Rodgers, he's crap. But here's a narrative here. Tim Boyle beat him out as the second quarterback, right, last year. That was never the case. The, the worst thing the Packers could have done was have Jordan Love take the field. On top of my uh, what I was saying about his play declining, Aaron Rodgers got a bust-up collarbone. He was out for most of the season. That was a lost season. Brett Hundley came in. He sat behind. It was supposed to be great, and it turned out it wasn't the case. And then he had the dodgy leg as well. It was that famous interview where he got yeah. painkillers, and he goes, my knee, right? So it's that one. So the thing is, Aaron Rodgers was getting, getting injured as well. It was very understandable that going into last season, the Packers were worried that he would get injured again. So you don't want to get a guy and, and trade up for him um, which means that he gets all the pressure of being a first-round pick. And then Aaron Rodgers gets injured again. I'm not saying he's injury-prone, but it, it's a fact of life, and he's getting older. He gets injured again in a freak accident, and you have to put the guy out there. Um, and then he gets absolutely destroyed because he hasn't had minicamp. He hasn't had time to prepare. They really needed to blood him in preseason last year to get a proper look at him. He was never going to be quarterback number two. So don't listen to them when they say that he's no good because we haven't seen him. There's a video of Trevor Lawrence throwing into a net and he misses. And he went and, and quote tweeted that and said, I've never been a big net guy for whatever that means, right? Now look at, he's broken every stats. What, he hasn't lost a regular season game since high school or something yeah. ridiculous? Yeah. So that'll go to show you. So you can put sort of, you know, weight into banging balls into nets. When really you look at the guy who's come out, came out with like glorious locks, might I add. He's a, he's a long-haired brother like myself. <laughs> uh, you know, a man-born favourite. So if you look at him, I mean, he's the same, you know. So the only way that we're going to get a proper look at Jordan Love is in the preseason, potentially. And even then, lads, you know more than I do, right? Is that we hate preseason and then we're so starved. We're like, can't wait for preseason. And then we get preseason and then we overanalyze it way too much. See, the thing is, you don't know what packages they're trying to install or what they're trying to do. So he could still get rolled out there in week one week two of preseason and look a bit shaky or he could look absolutely amazing the thing is the anomalies are the things that stand out in this right so you look at patrick mahomes he comes in sits behind alex smith alex smith actually had his career year when mahomes was sitting behind him people still didn't like it for some reason and then mahomes comes in and rips it up but that happens and it doesn't happen all the time sometimes it's easy easy coming into the thing but the one thing is that the packers have to make a decision fairly soon it's going to be a stalemate he's under contract so rogers has to come back so they're going to have to pull the trigger on Love. And as you say, what is he like? Don't know. Uh, you know, like the, the GM is going to have to take a good look at him and really make that ballsy decision whether, you know, they stick behind him or not. Now, if they offer Aaron Rodgers a long-term contract and lock the, the team up for another couple of years, you know, you can say that that's not a wise decision either because if, if Aaron Rodgers, and again, this is conjecture whether he's screaming out for weapons because how can he go in and sit in front of Gudekunst and say, I need more weapons? And they go, uh, let me just check the stats. You're, you're a number one scoring offense. So what do you need? Sorry. And if you look at his tight end, Robert Tanyan, they got him on a second round tender. So here's a guy who's coming in super cheap as well. And he, he tied the league for touchdowns for a tight end. 
So, I mean, what is the real question is, is what is, what is Rogers looking for? I think he's looking for commitment. I think he's looking, which is fair. I think he's looking for the, the team to say to him, lock me up for three years and then I can ride off into the sunset and, and do some presenting. And the GM really doesn't want to do it because it's it's a stuck between a rock and a hard place thing. So, who knows? Mm. So, with all of that considered, as it is now, mm. is he is he staying? Is he going? Is retirement really an option if he does leave, or is it more likely that he go he lands somewhere else? Well, do you want a hot take? Yes, <laughs> <laughs> of course you do. Uh, no, but I wouldn't give you a hot take. But here's here's what I would say is, and this is my hot take from a couple of years ago. I never thought Aaron Rodgers would uh, see out his contract in Green Bay or elsewhere. Not that he'd go to a different team. I thought he'd retire. Here's why. Um, he was on. He never does podcasts, uh, albeit I do try. As I said, I talk to his agents, 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 um, to try to get him on, but he doesn't do it um, because he's a very cerebral, intellectual, intelligent guy. This is known, right? Um, you know, he's often the smartest guy in the room. So with him, he was on some podcast with some science guy who didn't even know who he was. And he was at dinner. He was at some vegan restaurant, right? Eating vegan burgers, right? And hopefully one of you is vegan and really getting the digs there, right? Um, you don't. You just look like neither, just to be fair. So um, it's all of our red faces. Um, so the thing is, is he was at this restaurant. He met this dude. He was a broadcaster, podcaster, science guy. And he gets him on his podcast. He says, oh, you're a really interesting guy. They're talking about aliens or something, right? Uh, they don't talk about sport because this guy's a massive nerd, right? So... He says to him, Aaron, why don't you come on my podcast? You know, and then he Googles him and realizes who he is, right? But he gets him on, and he, because he, this guy doesn't know anything about football, he starts talking about aliens and history and books and existential crises and all this type of stuff. But one thing Aaron Rodgers said was, he was like, look, I was up on the podium collecting that Super Bowl, and I was sort of looking at it going, is this it? You know, is, is it? And then when I heard that, I was kind of thinking, he obviously plays with a chip on his shoulder. He's the underdog who dropped down the draft, who didn't get scholarships to the top schools, had to switch from Butte to Cal and all this type of lark, right? That's what keeps him going and the haters keep him going, kind of. But when it comes to the Super Bowl, just by him saying that, I sort of, that tweaked my interest. And I don't hear anybody else saying it. And I was like, do you know what? I don't think he's going to go to whole hog. I think whatever year he wins the Super Bowl, he'll bow out because he's done it. He's not shy of a few bob, lads. I mean, yeah. he has the money. He has the cash. And this Jeopardy thing is even more perfect for him now because if he has a chance of getting that, which I think is kind of a media trope, I think that it, it's ideal for him to sort of slink off, never think about football again, have generational wealth for his kids and everything else because he's recently engaged now. And right off into the sunset and fair play to him, happy days. It comes down to this in the real world, right? He's under contract for another three years. The Packers are going to keep him for at least another year. It's not in him or in his business interest to, to hold out because it's going to cost him too much money with the new CBA. So monetarily, he's going to have to play because it's going to cost him 833k a game to sit out, including preseason, by the way, because that's knocked in against regular season games. That's the level of money he'd have to give back, right? The bones of 30 million. So they can force him into retirement, but then he has to give back 30 million in guaranteed money. He can sit out. It ends up the same. So if you're Aaron Rodgers, you're going to give away that money. You probably have it, but, you know, we all budget for, our, you know, what we have at the minute. So I don't think that's happening. I don't think it suits him to do that either because he's consistently said, I want to end my career with the Packers and I want to play into my 40s, right? Why does he want to do that? I've no idea. Um, you know, he's at the top of his game. Why wouldn't he? He still hasn't been caught yet. So contractually, he has to come back. I don't think he'll sit out because of the money thing. Also, if he wants to force a move, uh, sitting out is going to cost him and it's also if look at the age he is and you give him an extra year sitting on his arse 
And is his value going to go up or down? His biggest, his highest value that he ever was, was during this year's draft, when all of those rumors came out that Adam Schefter decided to drop a report with no sources, by the way. It's just kind of, you know, people are talking. It's just draft days like any other day. No, it isn't, Adam. You know, it's absolutely ridiculous stuff he was coming out with. That was his highest value. If he sits out and they don't see him play, you assume he's Aaron Rodgers, you're still going to get first-round picks for him and players and, you know, people are going to trade their granny for him, right? So he's still, he's still a high-value player, but it's not in his best interest not to show the league what's on tape. What could potentially happen is he comes back for the Packers. They give him some sort of restructured deal, which gives him more money, makes him the highest-paid quarterback. He could still get traded next year, and here's why. Because they don't expect... Jordan Love would have to progress, by the way. They're not going to just sort of get rid of Aaron Rodgers if he's playing at an MVP level. But the guarantees move with a contract. So if they give him money, uh, they're going to save face by saying... Aaron Rodgers will come out and say something like, oh, well, they've agreed to do... I always wanted to be a Packer, blah, 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 right? And the team will say, oh, we've decided to listen to Aaron Moore and we're sorry for that. We're going to give him the weapons that he needs. But they're going to move on next year probably anyway. And Aaron Rodgers will put probably an MVP season on tape if he decides that because he has that power, he's that good. And then he will uh, bolster his value again. He'll know that he's doing it to put himself on show for another team. Not that he needs to. He has the top quarterback rating ever. And then people will still see us at the height of his power. He hasn't declined and they will go and snap him up and we'll get a bunch of trade picks and all that kind of stuff. That's how it should go. Or how I'd like it to go is that the Packers have him play MVP. They hitched their wagon to him for a couple of years. We bag a couple of Super Bowls and we're able to swiftly move on. If we can hold on to Jordan Love, which would be very expensive if we have to try sort of exercise 50-year options and he'd have to be damn good behind the scenes for us to do it. Um, to keep him and Aaron Rodgers would go off and do Jeopardy and we'd have Jordan Love seemingly slot in but I, I don't think that's going to happen but as it stands now lads he has to play unfortunately for him and for us and it's not, not it's not nice to see a player not want to play but this is the deal How, what has Aaron Rodgers said about the whole situation lads nothing yeah nothing. No, nothing. Thing. so we don't know if he's upset with uh, we know we know there's a situation because the GM has spoke about it, the head coach has spoke about it, um, the the team president has spoke about it. There is an issue, definitely. There, it's definitely an issue, but we don't know what that is. We don't know what he wants. Uh, we, I can guess that he wants commitment, and I think that's understandable from his point of view. I also understand why the GM doesn't want to give it. But all of what we're talking about right now, I've hopefully given you based on quotes and facts and you know, objective criticism as to what he wants. Is he peed off of Jordan Love? Don't know. He says he's not, so that's what we can take his face value. Does he want the first round wide receiver? He's a top scoring offense. Can he want that? Maybe. Does he want more weapons? Potentially. He said it on the Pat McAfee show last year. Maybe. But then he kind of shot himself in the foot, didn't he, when he led the team to the number one scoring offense. So he can moan about that he doesn't have the right tools. That's like saying to you, I can't get to work, I've got no car. And then you arrive at work and say, how'd you get here? Oh, I got here in this car. And you can say, well, you're sorted then, aren't you? (laughs) So that's the deal. Look, we don't know what he wants. We have to wait for him to come out. But I'll I'll end with this. This is what he said on the Pat McAfee show, is that he leaves the media in blissful ignorance. So he lets them just, uh, what did he call it? Blissful indifference. So he lets them say what they want to say and he doesn't have to say a damn thing because if he comes out and says something that he will regret, you can't put toothpaste back in the toothpaste tube. So if he just doesn't say anything, do you know what he can say? I didn't say any of that. James Jones is speaking for me. John Kuhn said he was speaking to me. Devontae Adams, I liked his tweet, but I I didn't mean all that stuff they were saying about me. I'm a Packer fan for life, baby. Kiss the badge. So he doesn't have to go and commit to anything. And he can say, and you know what? 
I'm being slightly cynical there, but also he could he could honestly believe all that stuff. And all he truly wants in his heart is the Packers to commit to him and they're not doing it. And you understand why he's annoyed then in that case, but I also understand where the Packers are coming from. He's better off not saying anything and everything else is just conjecture. And I wouldn't believe most of what the media are trying to spin, especially when they're going off stories that, oh, I just decided to drop it on draft day because why not? You know what I mean? <laughs> Ridiculous. But that's that's where I think it lands. He plays for the Packers. Might be wishful thinking. That's where I'm at. Nice. If he does get, this is obviously a hard question to answer emotionally mm-hmm. and physically. But, um, if he does get traded after this season, where could you see him ending up? Because the talk of Denver came about, and my initial reaction is, I don't think Aaron Rodgers wants to go to Denver yeah. in general. At that, that age, he's, he's been off a of jeopardy. Mm-hmm. If, uh, Denver is not so glamorous. Yeah, it's hard. You see, that's the other thing as well. It's very hard to speculate. We, we know he loves know. Uh, the West Coast. Yeah. And that's why the Niners were perfect. He, he was a childhood fan of the Niners. You know, there's, there's so many pictures of him out there in Niners gear with a yeah. Niners flag and a Niners banner. There's an interview of him saying, I'm going to make them pay for not picking me. I will smite them, you know, and you only do that if you if you care. So that sort of, that suits him. He bought a house in Malibu, um, you know, with his with his ex-partner. It seems, you know, and he, he always goes out there. He leaves. There's nothing really to do in Green Bay. I love Green Bay. We go over every year, but it's a football town. There's not a whole lot to do. When, when football winds down, there's not a lot to do. I don't blame him. He goes off and spends time with his friends and stuff out on the on the sunny coast. I think it'll be something similar. I think if That's he right. was to retire, he would definitely consider location more than anything else. Because as you say, I mean, here's a guy, he's, he's at the back nine of his career, according to him. So he can retire, do what he wants. You know, I don't know if Jeopardy is actually a real runner. Yeah. because That comes down to the actual TV crew. But at the same time, I think it's a hot climate. And look, you're Aaron Rodgers. You can pick wherever the hell you want to go at the end exactly, of the day. Exactly, yeah. Kansas City, um, so absolutely anywhere he wants to go. I could see him in LA or San Fran, yeah, depending yeah. on a year. A year is a long time. You, God knows what the situation in other clubs, other franchises look like by yeah. then. And so, he could yeah. be injured. He could be injured. And the thing is, is like, look, you're getting a player who is, is highly skilled. You're getting the top of the top, the creme de la creme. But you're also getting getting him at the age that he is. So if you're going to be a team like that, you're you're following the books philosophy of getting a Tom Brady who you know, you know, you're you're literally taking it year on year. And that's something Aaron Rodgers does not want in Green Bay. He doesn't want a year yeah. on year contract. He wants full on commitment. So look, he always says he wants to finish his career in Green Bay. If that means that he was potentially traded next year, God knows what he'll do, whether he will just sort of call it a day and, and go off into the sunset. Or maybe he goes on a redemption tour and a revenge tour and uh, God help the Packers if he does and we have to face <laughs> him because uh, he's a bad man. <laughs> Very true. Um, just before we wrap up this particular segment, um, give us your overall thoughts on the Packers draft performs. Yeah, well, it wasn't like last year where everything seemed like a reach, although I would debate that, but that's another half an hour conversation. Don't start <laughs> me off. I think it was good. Uh, we addressed needs, you know. Um, we had a need. We saw Kevin King sort of get turfed out and no one wanted him, so he kind of floated back in the Fox River to Green Bay and we kind of signed him silently. Um, so we got some help at, at cornerback there. Uh, we got a really dynamic sort of gadgety wide receiver. We got some help on the O-line, which we needed as well. 
Um, apparently we got a steal at linebacker too. I mean, I'm really happy with it. It is really addressing needs, which is good. So it's addressing immediate need. Whereas it seemed like last year they were kind of addressing quarterback, which obviously is well in the future. Um, running back, uh, even though we got Aaron Jones back, which is a massive surprise, by the way, um, and tight end and stuff like that. So I think we're in a great position, to be honest. Uh, we really need to sort of shore up the defensive side. But as long as we can keep the O-line intact, which we've been very good at, and keep Aaron Rodgers upright, well, then at least we'll keep him safe and signable uh, and keepable next year um, as well as that. So, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty happy about it. Um, if he stays, so let's look ahead. If he's there, just to finish up, record next season? Um, well, what have we got? 17 games now. So I'd like to go 17 zip. But um, I, I don't know, to be honest. I can't predict it. I would say that we're a playoff team. It's a 13 and whatever record, 13, 14 and whatever. And it's amazing if it's anything less than that, it's going to be LaFleur's worst year in Green Bay. And he's been there two years, which is absolutely incredible. Um, so, yeah, look, playoff team, uh, 13 plus wins, I'd imagine. If Aaron Rodgers gets the commitment that he needs and everything's focused again, yeah, there's nothing stopping us going deep into the playoffs and hopefully getting over that hump. I can see it. I've, I mean, I've said it the last three years in a row. I think it will no two actually. I'm not I'm not that big a Packers fan. Um, but yeah, no, I um, it's you've been in that position where you can win now for two years, and it's been individual errors and things like that. It, for me, you're the best team in the in that side of the division. So. And we've brought back, we've got the band back together. Aaron exactly. Jones is back. Mercedes yeah. Lewis is back. I mean, all the defensive players mostly are back. We've missed a f- small few players. Center's gone, but we couldn't afford them, so it makes sense. Yeah, I mean the Bucks will be sitting and saying we've done the same. So um, see you there next year. Oh, here we go. But, <laughs> but I hope. I, but I'm not vouching for them. No, I, I refuse. And this is all very ominous for a Vikings fan. I must say, <laughs> terrible. Um, have you got anything else, Paul, for Stephen? Before no, we? No, no, no. All good. Thank you very much. I actually enjoyed. It. I feel mm. like I learned more than anything because I haven't. I haven't even attempted to deep dive into it personally. Um, mm. I love Aaron Rodgers and I sort of just choose to stick with him, but yep. I've got a, a more educated view on it now. Good. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. If Aaron Rodgers says something, next time he says, I'm going to be like, I agree, Aaron, you're right. Oh, no, absolutely, Aaron. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, look, I'll be the same. I'll be the same. I like, I'm understand. I understand. No, it's, it has been absolutely fantastic to get this level of insight. So can't thank you enough, Stephen. No worries. Thanks for having me on. Cheers, no, I'm sure we'll have you on again at some point. Indeed. Yeah, hopefully. And I will Depends. begrudgingly wish you good luck for the season because I'm a good guy. <laughs> I am a good guy. Yeah, well, you know, a Vikings fan with that trophy cabinet, you kind of have to be, you know, gracious. <laughs> and, it's true. You know, ignore Adam Thielen's stupid fucking comments. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, God. He's a great player, though. And he, he didn't is. actually say I'm that bad, but look, it's the off season, right? So everyone sort of loses the rag. I think he's a great player. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to that uh, competition. So, mm. may the best team win. Indeed. So well, you want the best first team first to win, Andy? Mm-hmm. Don't say the best team wins. Well, I have to say that. Don't oh right, okay. You just wait to see. When I get off the call and he stops recording, he's gonna be going off on one last. Yeah. When when Stephen goes, I'll, then I can talk about how good the Vikings. <laughs> <laughs> so he can lie, Paul is what he's saying. He can lie openly and not get caught out. I'm used to it. Sweet. Right, thank you very much, buddy. Real pleasure. Okay, thanks again, Stephen, for that insight into everything that's going on in Green Bay. Uh, We'll move on to the next part of this episode, and it's a mailbag segment, and we're drafting drafting in another guest to uh, help us with this one, and we've brought Charlie back. How are you doing? Not too bad, yourself? Yeah, I'm good. 
we've gone from like high level standards to the low level to bringing in Charlie again. Yeah, exactly. That's all right. I'll fill in the blank. It's all right. I, I I think you're you're basically just James when James can't be bothered. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's all right. Brought him in and said, "Bring your controversial opinions." Oh yeah, I've got plenty. The more tw- people that can message us on Twitter saying, "What the fuck is he on about?" The better. I, I mean, yeah. To be honest, after my last podcast, my Twitter the next day was quite brutal. The people what? telling me that I'm flat wrong. There was a couple of people that literally just said, oh, I'm not listening to the podcast now, which I was like, a bit far. But yeah, I, I mean... I'm surprised they ever did. But um, was it, was, <laughs> that wasn't about NFL takes, was it? <coughs> that, was, that was my burger take. Yeah, yeah purely burger takes, talk. Yeah, yeah no my one, NFL take was all right. I was going to say, no one actually kept, is willing uh, to like have be annoyed at an NFL take. It's when you start nah, was... attacking burgers that... If you start messing around with food, then you're in trouble. Until mm-hmm. like you're in serious trouble. Uh, well, I'm sure the mailbag episode has some food coming up. There is some... right, beautiful. Uh, yeah, we'll do. We'll try and do a couple of serious questions first. Um, <clears throat> first one. This kind. Of, this there was kind of two questions that sort of uh, blended into each other. So we'll kind of group them together. Um, it was Mason who asked. Uh, who do we look at as a potential dark horse for the coming season? Uh, DB asked a similar question as to who has the best chance of surprising everyone. So, any thoughts on that one to start? Am I allowed to say the Giants? Of course. <laughs> of course. Um, I'm not sure how much I believe it, but I'm just looking now on the Giants. Uh... <laughs> the Giants are the same price. As the Panthers and the Raiders, and that's a disgrace. I don't think we're going to win the Super Bowl. No, no but I don't. Why. I think we've got a better chance than the Panthers. I think we, we. I don't think we'll win the Super Bowl. I do think we've got a good chance of having a successful season. I think, I think we'll we've got a good chance to make it. Yeah, and we've got a good. I mean, it helps that the division we're in it means we've got a good chance of making playoffs. And I think yeah, it's more that with us, we're, we're slowly building. We're actually becoming a. a a team that I don't think is going to get shut out every week. Well, the way our defence plays, yeah. we haven't got to be that good on offence to win games. No. Um, and I saw someone tweet it, and I tweeted one out the other day, that if the Giants can score 23 points a game, they'll be contenders. Uh, yeah. It's like, that's that's a big step up for our offence mm. from last season. And but you we, think we've got Barkley coming back. Yeah. Got a day. Got, um, got Tony, like... I don't. I don't think. I think we'll surprise people. I don't think we'll go yeah. very far. But we haven't uh, got to go that far to surprise people. And I think for the it'll be good to see the group of offensive line sticking mm-hmm. together as well. Because last year was the first year that I, I actually thought, okay, there's some level of blocking. No, no, and, we, no. and, and with Barkley coming back, that's going to be a nothing but a positive. Does that surprise? So does that mean a divisional win? I've been winning the division, and I think that will, based on the odds, yeah. um, I think it's a surprise. Okay. If you're um, an idiot. Any, any others than the Giants, Charlie? Uh, I think I said it on Twitter a, few, a while ago, actually. I, fran- I actually really fancy the Cardinals this year. I just think, I, I don't quite know why. I've not got much logic behind it, but I think Kyler Murray will start to step up. I really like Simmons. And I think he will get good. And um, I, d- I don't know. I, d- I saw parts of them last year where I quite liked. And I just think they'll start growing as a team. Mm. Yeah, it always seemed to be under the radar. Um, there was... <laughs> I don't know whether you saw something on Twitter this week, Paul, that referred to their fan base as elite. I yeah. saw it. 
I don't know who put that very the thing is, I quote tweeted it and said, who the fuck was this? But I meant, was it Andy or James? <laughs> and everyone thought I meant, who the fuck made this? And then they all attacked outside the huddle. I was like, no, which? And I, don't, I know none of us have the effort to make one of these. I just wanted to know who was stupid enough to post it. Yeah, we, we were accused of attention seeking. I was like, <laughs> yeah, oh, I saw a few so, of them. So far off, I was purely doing it to wine people. And, uh, and so, yeah. It worked. It very it worked. <laughs> well, that's the thing. And it's like, they they say, oh, well, I'm not going to listen to the podcast. I'm like, well, if you did, you'd know that that's not, yeah. not what we're about. Uh, um, yeah, I, I, I looked at it and thought, that's a bit dodgy. So I was like, I'll, I'll go through the replies. And the replies were brutal. Like, oh, yeah. Some of them, Someone were literally like, oh, you're all a disgrace. I was like, it's a laugh, oh, mate. That, to be on. fair, I think most of most of the disgraced ones were from people that actually listen to the podcast. Um, they're all right. It's the ones yeah. that say that they won't listen to the podcast yeah. as if we knew that they, like, as if we were expecting them to. That, yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. that gets to me. It's, ah, you and 99% of everyone else here. Yeah. I'm just Very looking at the stuff. Cardinals now. Um, I can't... I can't I, that division's too tough for me. That's the only issue is the division. With the Rams. Uh, Rams improving with Stafford, 49ers. Seattle always. With Trey. Seattle got Ross. I mean... It's a hard division. They can win the division, though. I, I don't think it's... A, I think it's a wide-open division. And Oh, and the other person I was thinking of was JJ Whitner, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah, that was it. I knew there was someone else I was trying to think of. I think even just someone like that, where he he's the type of player that will all the other players defensively will then get better because of it. Because yeah, like, look leader. who we've got. Yeah, leader of the, the changing room and the or the locker room. Sorry. Yeah. I uh, I wrote three names down quickly. I don't think you, you won't like one of them. I, and I, but I, how much of a surprise it would be? I think the Cowboys will have a good season. I tipped them up last year. Yeah. Obviously, Dak and everything else. Um, a lot of that hinges on whether Zeke remembers how to do what he does, um, and yeah, yeah, and whether and whether Zach's, uh, Zach Dak's leg has been glued back together properly. Um, I think again another one that I don't think is particularly under the radar anymore. I think the Browns. Yeah, uh, I would have said the Browns. That's standard. Pre-draft, I would have said the Browns would be a surprise, but they're, they're the hot yeah. team now. They've they done so well in the draft. They had a good season last season. People coming back. I do. I, I think they'll yeah. be everyone's underdog team that they no longer become an underdog. Yeah, absolutely. And in the interest of putting our own teams up, I'm going to put my own team in there. Why um, not? Although I would say, having spoken to Stephen about the Packers for like 40 minutes, I kind of crawled back under my rock a little bit. <laughs> I'm sort of like, oh shit. Um, but. Rogers aside, let's just pretend he moves on. I think we've done really well in free agency, really well in the draft. So it's now or never. We've I think been... it's fair to say in that division, if Rogers goes, it becomes quite wide open. Yeah, yeah. Because the Packers then become, I think, pretty average. Um, the Bears are the Bears, and I just, yeah, it could, it literally could be anyone. It could be down to the old game. With the Cowboys, their defense is just too much of a, a struggle. Yeah, and talk, talking about their defense. Please tell me I was not the only one to see uh, Micah Parsons' quote that he said. No, where he came out and com- it was disgraceful. He came out and compared the uh, the Cowboys linebackers group now to a terrorist to a terrorist group, 
I said they were going to. Uh, he said something like, "Oh, we're going to attack like terrorists." Oh um, wow! And that was <laughs> one of the ones where I read it. I was I had to read it about four times. I'm sure but that yeah, went was... down well in America. Oh yeah. The not, not Cowboys PR team are going to have to get on that pretty quick, and him. Yeah. Um, and and Stephen, if you are still listening, <clears throat> it was Charlie who said that you would be average without Roger. So, yeah, yeah, come at me. We'll we'll send you his uh, handle. So the flip side of that question um, from DB was, who might surprise people with how bad they are this season? Uh, the Bills, I think the Bills are the team for me, and 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 it is. Like, it's probably led by the fact that it's my dad, but um, they're third favourites, so they haven't got to do Ooh. that badly to be the, disappointing. Uh, the division, well, yeah, the Dolphins are only getting better. The Pats are going to have a better season than last. Mm. Um, the Jets are the Jets, but that AFC is so tough that no matter if if they win their division. They aren't going to have an easy. Like, say they don't get a bye, um, they they won't have an easy first game, and I could easily see them being knocked out to someone like the Browns, who might come second in their division to the Ravens, or the other way around. You've got the Titans and the Colts and that side. So even like, yeah, I just think that they. I think they'll lose their first playoff game. Ooh. And that for me, that's a disappointing season. I'm sorry. Oh. I'd love you for your eye. Any others from you, Charlie? Uh, I think it's quite obvious, but I think Jacksonville, people are looking at people are thinking they're going to be decent because they've got Trevor Lawrence and don't realise they have no one else. Yeah, uh, I mean, if they, but for them to be disappointing, for me, they have to win no that's games. That's the only issue, yeah. <laughs> it's not really like, what, what is class disappointment? But I, I, I think, get what you mean. There's a bit of a hype there. and it's Yeah, that's that's the one. I think... I think the Ravens could have quite a disappointing season because I think people now can see they're very one-dimensional. Like, I think people are going to look at how the Bills treated them and uh, just think, well, that's that our blueprint done. And there's been a couple of teams do that now. Mm. That's you know I mean? Again, they're four favourites, so not, yeah, not winning that. a playoff game is enough to be disappointed. Yeah. Um, I made a couple of notes. They're not, again, you wouldn't probably wouldn't put them in the surprise Category as such, but I think the t- two teams that I'm not inspired by going into this season would be the Saints. I know yeah. every you know everybody yeah. thinks, but also maybe the Seahawks as well. I just, just looking at them. I was thinking that. Yeah, I don't. I looked at their draft, and granted, I didn't pay as much attention as other teams. They kind of just seemed to be well under the radar. And I just they had such deficiencies on the defensive side of the ball. If they didn't make big moves there. They're still going to have a mountain to climb. I I, uh, I completely agree. That would have been my second choice. Um, I love Russell Wilson as much as I love Aaron Rodgers. Um, but for me, you can't. I don't think he's got that in him. And for another season, I just yeah. they're poor. They're a poor team, in my opinion. Yeah. with a great quarterback and everyone like they've got a great wide receiver. But that doesn't. That's not the. That's not the most important thing in a football team. I know actually. That's a different debate, but um, for me, if you can't if you can't pressure a quarterback and you can't protect your quarterback, you're not a very good football team. No. And the Giants have had that problem for the last five years, and we've been the worst team in football. Mm. So the Seahawks have got a big, big hill to climb. Mm. And I think, as well, talking to the Giants, the way the Giants could shut down the Seahawks last year 
with a second quarterback prove to me that they're not that great. Because, I mean, the Seahawks offensive line made our defence look like the best defence to ever play. Like, we was, we was getting to him every time. And when you had that, we weren't even playing that good at the time. You're in trouble. And I just think, yeah, there's only so much that Russell can do. I'd caveat that by saying that Colt McCoy was our number one quarterback last year. Um, Debatable, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, this was a, I mean, it, we, we've talked about this in the past, but another question from Mason was that um, kind of based around rookies and how we think they'll react quicker this year um, than last year's class did with the potential for more of a normal preseason. Um I mean, it seems it seems right that that would be how it works. But I think, in addition to that, it'll be interesting to see what kind of development we get from last year's class yeah. that they I, get to have that preseason as well. I completely agree. I think it's a it's almost the first year for twice as many rookies. Um, yeah. yeah. If, you can, if you want to look at it that way, I mean, you've got the old rookie that actually jumped up last year, and you know that more than anyone, but. I guess the answer is just yes. You'd assume so, wouldn't you? You'd just assume that they've got a more settled welcome to the league, mm. a pre-season to, sh- to show your worth. I think there's a lot of people that just we will never hear about, maybe. And I know that's quite like damning to say, but there'll be players that never get that opportunity because mm. you every year there's always one or two guys that get three or four snaps in pre-season, do a mad play, and then they get a spot on the roster. Yeah, And then that's your chance to shine. Mm-hmm. But um, there'll be players that just never even got a look in last year. So, well, yeah. So follow that. Up, I don't know. Do do either of you two watch America's Game on Sky? No. Well, there's a good, there's a really good story about uh, Terrell Davis, a Broncos running back. Yeah. And basically, he was, I think, he was seventh round draft pick or sixth round draft pick. And in, they had a preseason game in Japan, and he was on kickoffs. And he, and if you ever get the chance to watch the footage, he as a running back, he runs through their team and absolutely clatters the guy who catches it. And then straight away they was like, right, get him in the game. And he was then their starting running back for the rest of the season. There you go, exactly. You, you just need one chance to show like oh it takes something like that where you've got a bit of determination and a bit of toughness and they're gonna chuck you in because it's just yeah. it looks good. Mm. Um I did so I've seen a couple of uh, I mean this is the prime time for just like crap on social media and I'm the biggest sucker in the world for this so I saw a video of, it was a Justin Jefferson workout video and you know people were going big on the size he's put on um, going into this season he's bulked up quite a bit so um, the same thing for Herbert as well saw some photographs of Herbert who's like really increased uh, in size since last season um, and that's just the sort of stuff that you see. I mean, I've seen that, and I'm just like, right, Justin Jefferson, wide receiver one. It means absolutely nothing, does it? Mm. But no. you just get caught up in that hype. I'm just like, that's it. He's going to blow everybody out of the water. But, I mean, in all seriousness, the season he had last year, if he makes any kind of step up this year, what? Like, There's no point. Just don't even think about it, Andy. Don't don't start. Amazing. I said, I said, you know, Super Bowl, college. Um, staying with the rookies is a further question about um, any of last year's rookies who we think are kind of being overlooked at the minute um, with the draft that's just happened and everything and who are going to have a breakout next season. So people... Mm, I'm going to say one who you could probably argue isn't 
in this category because you said overlooked mm. um, and this person was far from overlooked but now I think he is mm. Kyd Edwards Hilaire I had him written down because I wanted to ask about him I think and I'm still not picking up any of my drafts which is killing me um, <laughs> because the way I look at it he had a, he had a good year if he didn't have the hype he had, if he wasn't drafted as the first running back overall, he had a fairly good year. They've just they've got their a new offensive line, and people are talking about it like it's the next best thing. They will give him more responsibility this year. I can't see that being a problem. And he's on the best team in football as a running back. Like this guy's going to have a good season. I think he'll have a top ten running back season. Like as a bold, if that was my bold take for now, it'd be he'll have a top ten year. I think that's quite possible here. Yeah. And but that, that's the thing because he because he's having a slightly negative year. I I struggle to see anyone talking about him at the moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I mean because I think he's not an obvious one. I think my one I'm actually going to go for a Giants player who um, he was more overlooked because of he was late in the draft. But Darnay Holmes last year looked like he was a really good cornerback, and I think this year he's going to have. Um, I can't remember his surname. Is it Dory Jackson from the Yeah. He's going to have him with him. So he, he's not going to have to be the, the guy, but I think he's going to be the guy that is the bullhawk sort of thing, third down and stuff like that. I just, I just really like what I saw of him last year. And he looked, I watched a few things with him. He, he looks quite like he's not ego or anything like that. And I can see him having a big year. Well, I mean, I take it. If he's our <laughs> third cornerback and he's having a great year. Yeah. Um, there was a couple. I mean, they're not they're not sort of over overlooked. We we talked about Lamb and Chenault previously, but the one that I would go back to, there was so much. There's been so much buzz, uh, certainly from a fantasy point of view, about Jerry Judy, mm-hmm. and now I look at him and think that's because people thought he was getting a new quarterback as well. Yeah. Um, what he could have been now he's probably stuck with the same quarterback for another year. Um, you know, interesting. Penny for his thoughts, I suppose. I'm trying to avoid that sort of whole backfield if I can because there's just too many names, too many fantasy relevant names. One of them's going to have a bad year, mm. two of them maybe. And to be honest, they're the Broncos, so potentially all of them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, next question uh, Which personnel group most improved in the off-season, so if we think about draft and free agency? I, I like the Browns. I, did, I just... Mm. Um, ev- everything they did seemed to be a hit. One of them drafts were... Oh, that was quite a, that was quite a sneaky pick-up. Oh, yeah, that, that... And you just look all the way down and I'm like, I'm going to say it again, I know nothing about college football, so I go off what everyone else says and everyone else says they had a great draft. Um... And they didn't lose anyone major, from what I can see. I, I think if you're looking for a team that's sort of on the up give after the draft in terms of reputation, it's them. Mm. Yeah, I think the Browns are quite an easy one for that because you look and I think they've they done it sort of under the radar as well. Like they weren't the ones in the news, but you can see that it was all very smart and you can see they've got a plan of what they're trying to do. Um, Again, to be totally biased, I really liked our... No, I would have put us there. I would have put us up there. The draft, yeah. 
Decent. I think it was we were, decent. We're it was decent well. without being overwhelming. But our free agency for me, I thought we we picked a couple of holes that we really needed, and mm-hmm. I liked it. But I think yeah, the Browns for me was that they they had a good off season and they they are a good one to build. Yeah, uh, I had the Browns written down. I had again said it already. The Vikings. I was pretty happy pre draft to be honest. We brought in Tomlinson from the Giants, which was. Mm-hmm. Uh, nice pick. We've got Pierce coming back, who sat out last year. Um, he's looking really mean. We brought Patrick Peterson in. Um, did a lot of plugging of holes before we even drafted. So um, I'm ready to have my heart broken. Uh, you and me both. Yeah, I think man. sneaky one, maybe Washington. Um, I yeah, draft, draft work seems to have been well received. Yeah, I just think the whole quarterback thing is mm. too big for me it's too big a shadow to get out of I, I, I agree I think they are bit, I would say about Washington they built a great team for mm. next season the season yeah, after yeah, this yeah. one um, but if we're looking for this season mm. I don't think I don't think they want it this season no I think they're aware that they're they're, they're a project for a couple of years and that is, it's scary because yeah. we have to be in that division um, mm. but they, they are doing it the right way yeah. That's it, yeah. You take that quarterback out of the way, which is a stupid sentiment in itself, as of what it means, but look at the, the weapons uh, receiving-wise they've put in. We know about their defence um, already, so they plug that hole somehow next year. Yeah. Oh, and they probably... they If Ryan Fitzpatrick can get them to three or four wins, which uh, he will, and they, and, they get, and they get a high pick, like a top five yeah. pick, which I don't think they will, but it's not... Not necessarily against against their plans, um, then they could be getting the, the pick of the bunch next year because everyone seems to be getting quarterbacks at the moment, so there can't be many say, yeah. teams. Everyone's sort of gone with a quarterback this year. There was so well, many. You look at the teams that are going to be year. bad this year. Um, yeah. The only ones that I can think of at the top of my head that will be quarterback hungry are the Broncos and the Panthers, and yeah, that's only if things don't if work out well. Yeah. Because yeah. so they don't might not need an absolutely top five pick for them to be getting a great quarterback. So because they're, they're not they're not bad enough for them to mm. get one or two wins for me. Yeah, uh, we'll rattle through the last couple. Um, so I hope you've got your list in front of you for this one. Which free agent that's still available will go the furthest in the postseason? Don't know any free agents to be honest. <laughs> I know a couple. Uh, I, I only know the ones that you spoke to me before we started recording, Charlie, so um, oh, okay. I will take them away from you. You go. Uh, um, I, I think I can see Golden Tate being a solid player for someone. Mm-hmm. Um, I can see... I, I, I could be very wrong here. I think Sheldon Richardson is still a free agent. Maybe. And I think I can see him going somewhere and being like a good... He's a good solid player. Like He's, he's not going to be someone who turns round a defence, but if someone adds him, then he'll be a solid player. And he's not someone really that I can see being cut. So I think, I can see him, for example, going to somewhere like the Ravens, somewhere like that, mm. and going far with that. Apart from that, I mean, you can maybe make an argument for Fitz. I I'd love it. So that, would, that would be my sort of ideal answer. If, if yeah. In a dream world, I don't, know, I don't care where he goes. If he can get himself on, on a competing team and go far in the playoffs, that would make me very happy. I would love him to go to Kansas City. 
It was yeah. him catching passes from Mahomes. Just because I, I just I really like him and I think he deserves it to have mm. that that one year where he, he's in he's one of the favourites. Yeah. Yeah. Well, speaking from a, a point of view of a team who need a wide receiver three, there's Fitz, there's Golden Tate, there's Dee Westbrook all still hanging about. Um, I think I think Tate Tate would be a great little pick up for you. Mm, I'd take, um, you know, we don't use that. We, you know, we, we kind of have two great wide receivers. God forbid they get injured. We have, we have two very good tight ends on the book, so we'll have to see. But, yeah, I wouldn't mind any of those guys coming in. But just quickly, um, what about Todd Gurley? I mean, what a fall <laughs> we've seen there. Um, a guy who was just untouchable one year. Um, he's just a forgotten man now. I can't see... That sort of that downward spiral Ooh. being turned around. Nah. It's, it's dark because I don't know how you deal with that as a professional. Like, genuinely, the, the best in the league, the best in the league for one season. And mm-hmm. there was no signs of that changing. He had one niggly injury, um, but that's not enough to warrant what's happened. He doesn't look like he can play the sport anymore. No, he's, he's only 26. Yeah, that's the, that's that's what I mean, dealing deal with it mentally. You haven't had a career. When was he drafted? 2015? 15 or 16? 2015, yeah. Yeah, he's not even been in the league. I mean, the, one of the worst things with, with Todd is, like, I watched the Falcons game last year, and I started talking about it, and I was like, oh, yeah, I forgot he was still playing. Just, yeah. like, because there was no clue about it at all. No, I mean, he, the, t- the amount of touchdowns he scored in that season... Two seasons ago, um, he was scoring two or three a game for the for the Rams, and yeah. I'm glad I really only got into fancy last year because two years ago I'd have had all of the Todd Gurley shares I had to get because I thought it was great. And he's gone from I don't I wasn't playing fantasy like I just said, but he could have easily been the number one running back in the league. Yeah, because um, he he was doing it both ways as well. He was yeah. catching passes yeah. and and now and now you would you, you couldn't sell him if you tried. No. No. Uh, right. I'm mindful of the time, so we're going to finish. We'll probably finish up with the biggest question of the week, which is not NFL related, of course. Um, Paul Picken asked if chips, gravy, and cheese is weird. I'll let Paul go. I've never had gravy on chips. What? I've never had gravy on chips. What, even at KFC? <laughs> No. That is a disgrace. Why would you... <laughs> I, I understand where I'm, I'm going to hurt you with this, Andy, but why would I do that? Oh. oh. Well... I don't, I don't want my chips to be soggy. Mm. Nah, gravy's different, though, because it soaks up like all the flavour of the gravy. It's incredible. That makes it soggy. It's... Yeah. yeah. So you do not put sauce on the chips? No, I don't put them on my chips. I put it next to the chips. This is your burger story, but I, with I, I'm chips. With I'm with you on that, to be fair. I, I don't want nothing on well. my chips. I want to be able to take my chip, put the right amount of sauce on it, and then put it in my mouth. <laughs> See, the thing is with this, with this argument, I'm a, I'm a big fan of cheese on chips. Mm. I'm, I don't I'm a big I'm a big fan of chips and gravy. Chips, cheese, and gravy, for me, is... Yeah, that's not good. That's like... Cheese and gravy. Yeah. With um, nah, and I mean, tr- slightly changing the subject as well. But it's like I've always wondered: what are your opinions on um, chips and curry sauce? Well, I think we'll get onto that. I need to hear about. I'm guessing Andy is saying yes to chips, cheese, and gravy. Well, years oh. ago, 
I would probably have thought no, one or the other. But yeah, okay. when I went to Canada, the Pouton. Canada is mad for poutine. Yeah, poutine. Yeah, which is which is cheese curd uh, and and gravy and. It's amazing, and it's even more amazing when you're absolutely steaming drunk as well. Um, that's it. Yeah, that should say something. I will. I will say, right now it's a no. Mm. <laughs> I'm not saying it's always going to be a no. I just honestly, if I get drunk, I'm like, oh, I really fancy cheese, chips, and gravy. Where the hell am I going to get that round? Everyone's going to be like, no, yeah. absolutely, we don't <laughs> serve me. gravy. <laughs> It's not a Toby Carvery. <laughs> well, you I'm need really, yeah. Where you I, I honestly, I don't think I could physically get it, to be honest. Come, come here in the summer. Yeah, I will. I will. I will. We'll find. Um, yeah, I'm I looking forward terrible, to it. I have a I terrible um, memory of trying to get. We'd been to Middlesbrough to watch Arsenal, uh, which is only down the road from me, uh, and we'd had a couple of pints, and we were making our way home. And we stopped in this, it was a Sunday, so there wasn't a great deal open Where at the time we got back. And we got off the bus and we were outside this Chinese takeaway and we thought, we'll go in there, get something. And on the menu, it said chips and gravy. So I thought, that's what I'll have. And I couldn't wait because, you know, I had a couple of pints and I was really ready for it. And it wasn't gravy, it was it was chips and black bean sauce. Oh, oh my goodness. And it was is... graceful. That is definitely black bean sauce. No, see, we're gonna keep going off on tangents here. But when people order chips with a curry or chips with a Chinese, just uh, our fish and this chips. is not what they're good at. I'm really <laughs> just our fish and chips. There's if you're having chips, add chips there. If you're gonna go for a Chinese, why would you order something? You don't go to you don't go to China and they're eating chips. Yeah. It doesn't, it's not that food. I, but the thing is, well, you, you it's the same thing. You wouldn't go to Toby Parham and be like, oh yeah, I'll just have some gammon, some potatoes, and a tikka masala. Like you just don't do that. Oh, so I mean, there's no, that sounds that sounds alright, but well, yeah, that's like that's something that you and your dad would definitely do. But <laughs> I, I mean, don't. I don't know if Addy even knows about my dad's weird food habits, but that's a, it's not something you want to know. To be honest, my dad eats like. As if he's got no stars and I'm a celebrity every day. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, he'd be yeah. great and I'm a celebrity. Yeah, Imagine yeah, eating trial. Yeah. Eating trial, he's like, that's for Sunday dinner. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no. To answer Paul's question, I'm not going to say you're wrong, but you're definitely not right. I agree with that statement. We need, this is gonna. This is just. We're gonna put this out on Twitter at the end of the week, and this will just be a really obvious north and south divide. I was gonna say, you might as well just put the question as: so, Are you northern or southern? Can I ask you a question, Andy? Have you mm. seen people on many occasions eat chips, cheese, and gravy? Uh, not to be honest. Not on many occasions have I seen them eat all three, but I can also imagine it does happen. Um, I know somebody who eats. We've talked about the Parmo. Yeah, on yeah. here, will top his parmo with gravy. So that's that's cheese, white sauce, and chicken all together with gravy. That, that actually hurt a bit. <laughs> this is the same gravy that you have on a roast dinner, right? Like, yeah, yeah. No, nah, <laughs> it's like people that, and um, we we both know someone. People that have ketchup on a roast dinner. Oh yeah. What are you doing? My yeah. sister and my nephew. Bring it out every time. Oh, it's so embarrassing. Do they have gravy as well, though? 
Yeah, that yeah. makes it worse. What? That's because yeah. it's like when we're at the table, Toby Carver in there, they go to the wait. Oh, can I have some ketchup, please? I want to walk away. Yeah, well, I'd to be honest, I'd rather they said that than do you have any cheese? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Have you got cheese and a grater, please? <laughs> Oh, man. Oh, I so love it. Dodgy. Well, there you go. That's a wrap. There we go. Anything else before we close it out? That's the standard of that podcast was yeah. went from one extreme to the other real quick. Yeah. It went. It was really good. I turn up and talk about food. Pretty much, Charlie. Pretty much. I'll take it. Well, there you go, fellas. Done Thanks. for another week. Yeah. Enjoy your cheesy, soggy chips up there. Not for the wool. Yeah, I look forward to it. Cheers, fellas. See you later. Speak soon. Bye.